0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e commerce coaching and business strategies with
1: Andy Arnott and Amy Weeze.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with
2: Amy Wies.
0: And this is Seller Roundtable number 81 with Destiny Wishon. What's
1: up? <laughs> yeah,
0: she did it. That, that was, I, I coached her. I coached her, you know, just it was like. Subpar. Yeah, I, I had to coach her on, on how to say what's up because, you know, it was subpar. Those those gen, what are you a Gen Zers? Those Gen Zers just, you know, they didn't have that commercial on all the time to get it ingrained in their head. And a lot of people are like, what What commercial? Go look it up, people. Bud Light. What's up? Go look it up.
2: What's up? What's up? It's actually
0: hilarious. And it's one of the best commercials ever made. So you learned something today. Um, and you learn something that's not Amazon related, which, you know, if you're like me in the last month, you know, Amazon has been pretty frustrating. Um, I'm glad there's, there's no holes in my wall in the office, which is, is a good thing because there should be with how frustrated it's been. But anyway, we are here to talk PPC. So destiny to, to get started here. If they have not listened to your first episode, they should go back and listen to it first or maybe come back to it, one or the other. But um, for people who don't know who you are, please give uh, give our audience a little bit of background. Um, you know, anything you want to want to give us, it doesn't have to be, you know, half an hour, but you know, if, it, if you <laughs> want it to be, sure.
1: I'll make it quick. I talk pretty fast. So my name is Dustin Washon, and I am co-founder and CEO of Better AMS. My background is initially on managing Amazon ads on the vendor side. So it was, I consider myself an OG. It's been about four years now of Amazon. So a pretty decent amount of time in the game, but I got started working with some of the largest ventures vendors on the space. So I was managing kind of AMG full brand presence and things like that. And then I met my partner, Taylor Benrood, who basically started one of the first AMS focused agencies. So AMS back in the old days, you could basically have a hack workaround that allowed your seller brand to be opened up to sponsor brands and sponsor displays. So we basically combine that knowledge and nowadays we just focus on scaling brands, Amazon advertising presence across all of the ad types since they're on every platform and DSP.
0: Awesome. All right. So we're going to get, we're going to get right down to, to the brass tacks, which is this, <laughs> we're going to start with the good stuff up front. Maybe we should have saved this for last, but uh, what tactics are you deploying right now for your clients for Q4? all of them, all of them.
1: So uh, one of the, if you, if you had to
0: pick the main, like, right, like you're sitting down, like you're, you're one of the, one of the hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast. If you're one of the millions of people that listen to this podcast, what, (laughs) what, if you were sitting down, I'm going to, I'm going to create a campaign or a a, a few campaigns for my products. What are they going to do?
1: I would focus on product targeting, sponsored products, product targeting, sponsor brands, product targeting, sponsored display, product targeting. Those are probably going to be the three cheapest going into Q4. And they scale incredibly well because we have so many more window shoppers. So one of the top tactics I can recommend is let's say I'm trying to advertise a blue pin. If i bid on blue pin, it's going to be pretty expensive because that's a main keyword. But if I run a product targeting out on every single ASIN that's ranking on page one for Blue Pin, it's going to be a lot less competitive, and I'm just going to piggyback off the views that they would have gotten from bidding on Blue Pin.
0: That is absolutely yeah. So Amy and I have been harping on this for months. We're like, whenever something new like you know people don't realize that that um, placement has been out uh, on the EMS side for a long time, um, like
1: 2017. Yeah,
0: like for and and I loved it back back then. It was just like, oh man, like this is just a gift. Because I, you know, I, I was bidding it's like 11, 11 cents, and like my, my, um, my ACOS was like, you know, under ten, and like you said, but I it's turned the bid It's gotten
2: up. a lot. It's got a lot more expensive though. Products People are starting to listen. Yep.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think if we're that-
2: competing with DSP. Yes. I think that's, what's really driving it up is there's more people doing product targeting ads, but now as compared to before, when we first started doing this really cool product targeting thing um, it's definitely gotten a lot more expensive. So what I've learned recently, and this one thing that I'm trying is on my auto campaigns, I just split them up um, uh, between the product targeting, and then I'm able to do some, uh, the product targeting and the keyword targeting sides. Right. So I can spread the budget yep. out. And, um, and that has, that's paid off pretty well because then you can kind of harvest some of those, maybe substitute products or, you know, and then Andy taught me to use the, um, to use brand analytics because there's so many cool things you can do with
1: uh-huh. brand analytics, right. You could just pull the whole list, just run a scraper, pull the list and get them up and running. Love it. I love it. So what about these new video
2: formats? Like how can you maximize your ROI with video and who's eligible for it?
1: Yeah. So video is absolutely incredible because of the same reason that product display ads used to be incredible. There's a barrier to entry because you have to have a videographer or some type of video to run these ads. And a lot of brands don't. And if you don't have a video, highly, highly recommend getting in now because it's going to get more competitive. But on the flip side, we're going to get more ad inventory. So the main downside that was originally through videos is it was only on mobile. And then, you know, that was launched in October, beta, only on mobile. And then, you know, within three to four months, it, we saw it go to desktop. Now we're seeing DSP video on the PDP, which means it's probably going to open up for us as well on the product detail page. You do have to be brand registered. You do have to have a video but the cool thing is their video guidelines aren't that you know complex you could probably do like a screen recording of a slideshow with your video and just get something up and running now in terms of performance the key thing is still keyword targeting and bid optimization of course better videos are going to perform better but at the end of the day what matters is that you're targeting the appropriate keywords and you have the right bids with those keywords now as a placement in general, I mean, I think we've driven probably close to a million dollars so far in like the last year just from video alone, and our CPCs are still hovering around a dollar fifty, and that's including ridiculously competitive categories. For most people who aren't in that competitive categories, it's like a dollar or sub dollar CPC. Still depends on what you're bidding on. If you're going to bid on, you know, some of the most competitive categories, it's going to be expensive. But videos are incredible.
0: So, Destiny. Yeah. What- Well, one quick question I have for you, which I've been testing this a lot. And on video, I've found that if you go super long tail, right? So in other words, not not necessarily even in terms of long tail keywords, but long tail meaning like a lot of keywords because Mm -hmm. because it's still so new and there's still a lot of people not using those ads that you can find keywords for really cheap if you put a lot of keywords in there. So have you noticed that as well?
1: A hundred percent, especially like you said, with long tail, you know, a bunch of the big brands hopped on video and search up front. So they were bidding on their main keywords. They weren't doing a ton of keyword research. So that's a great call out. Another great call out is videos under campaign manager are still pay per click. Why this is incredible is because most other video attributes like on Facebook or in DSP are cost per impression. So anytime someone views your ad, you get charged. Now, why it's cool that's pay-per-click is we can bid on terms that aren't even fully related to our product and we're only going to get charged if someone sees our video and is interested in the video and then clicks on it. So if I go back to the blue pin example, I can target like college supplies, not 100% related to blue pin, but I can know that I'm only getting charged if someone takes the time to watch and click on my video. So that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs>
0: yeah. And the other thing is you're getting a ton of aware free awareness. Even if they don't click on the yes. video, your brand is right in front of them. They've seen how it worked. So even if they don't click on it, next time they come to Amazon, they type in the brand that they saw and you're not paying for it. You're showing up in the search results, clicking, buying, and uh, you're getting that long tail in terms of, you know, the uh, free attribution pretty much.
2: And not to 100%. mention- the huge amount of space that you're taking up with these (laughs) videos. Like it's half the dang page, right? It's huge. So that's incredible. It's for, I mean, some of my bids when video ads first started and Andy was like, Amy, I don't care what you do, get your video ads up now. It's good to have friends like Andy, he reminds you of these (laughs) things. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's incredible to be able to take up that much space. But one thing I noticed is in Europe, I have clients in Europe and we were checking out their video ads and there's, they show up at the bottom of the page in Europe.
1: It's the- that was where it originally rolled out. So like, you can see where they're kind of beta testing these most of the time. Now we're finally in the middle of search, but yeah, for a lot of the new worlds, they're still getting that placement directly below, which sucked because we didn't get a ton of impressions. So was it worth creating a video? Probably not. Like,
0: <laughs> The other yeah, the other thing I've noticed is uh, like you guys are saying is is now the video is front and center. Like some keywords, it's I think it's like the third row down or Mm -hmm. or I mean it's above editorial
1: recommendations. Yeah, it's
0: like pretty prevalent now. So I mean, to me, it's like if you know if I was sitting here, uh, you know, Destiny, like you said you know trying to figure out what to do if your product especially if it's a visual product right like like I always talk about like office supplies right like if you have printer paper like yeah you can show it popping out of a printer but like boring but if you have something that like lights up flies around is athletic bikinis you know like anything where people yeah. are gonna be like ooh you know like stop and watch Um, They also say like if you read Amazon's guidelines, they also say like make the video captivating for the first few seconds, Mm -hmm. which is always true but like, you know, get creative with that. Like for one of my things, I was like, uh, you know uh, try to put like this like scary zombie like right in the beginning to like catch people's, you know so just get really creative with that guys. Cause if you can get a decent video up and you just play with it and see what works maybe get a couple different versions of it see which one performs the best. That's when you're really gonna get your your, your return on investment and, and really be able to scale those ads. I mean, you know, with, with PBC, what people always forget this is something that people always forget and it's so basic. If you're making money on PPC and you have a limit on your her, your your uh, campaign, any kind of uh, budget limit, it's ridiculous. Don't do that unless you have constraints on your stock or you know something like that. Then of course you don't want to go crazy. But if you have the stock and that campaign is performing, just continuously scale that up.
1: Yep. Hey, two other really quick things to note with video: one, audio does not autoplay, so I would not make your videography. Heavy on the audio that needs to be heard. I would probably use subtitles. And two, as of right now, it is product specific. So if you do a video, I would probably make it product specific because it's going to drive to a single ASIN landing page rather than branded, because again, single ASIN landing page. But in the near future, we are going to get the capabilities to potentially drive to a store page. So I think there is value in having brand awareness videos. Maybe if you have them on social, you can repurpose them. But for right now, try to keep them product specific to get the highest click-through rates and conversion rates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On that note, this, th- that was a perfect – it seems like we always get these transitions that work wonderfully. Um, <laughs> any new features that you, um, you know, that you can talk about that aren't currently under NDA that you think people may not know about? Um, you know, or, or under NDA but already shared by the idiots who never follow it, <laughs> which nullifies the NDA.
1: 100%. So there's a few small ones that I think people just aren't fully aware of, or maybe not fully utilizing. One is custom image beta. So it's actually been in there since last Thanksgiving. But again, it was one of those things where we weren't getting amazing placements for. So now custom image beta is actually showing up in the top of search headline search ad pretty frequently. They're beta, roll, beta rolling it out in the last few weeks. We've seen it increase by like three to 4x. So basically what it is, is it makes your headline search ad like two to three times as big because it puts a lifestyle image directly to the left of your copy. So we found these have really high click through rates. They typically drive to a store page again. And then the custom image beta also shows up on the product detail page in the sponsored brands that are related to section. Now, the issue with those is the copy has to be seen after scrolling over the custom image. So that's not quite as fantastic. But either way, it grabs the attention, it drives to a store page, so it provides a lot of opportunity for cross-selling your products, not just showing an image of one product and a lifestyle, which um, if you look at your store page data, you can see if your average order quantity actually increases. So custom image beta is a huge one. There's a few others, but yeah. I'll pause after that.
0: Yeah, the other, the other uh, <laughs> cool thing about that, which it, you'll, it, it's funny because I don't think they like you doing this. So you might have to submit different versions, but holiday themed, like, you know, if you do an image that's holiday themed, like sometimes they'll like kick it back and be like, oh, you can't do it, you know, theme this way. It can't be time-based or whatever the yep. BS is that they reply. But if you just keep doing it, keep re-submitting you'll, get, it. you'll get somebody who's like, yeah, it looks good. It moved. <laughs> and that ad will continue to run until another person comes across it and, and might flag it, yep. but you might get through the holidays. So That's another kind of pro tip guys to, uh, you know, to get those images themed holiday, because that really makes a big difference.
1: A good segue from that as well is they've actually changed their guidelines on copy where you can now write things about deals in your headline and sponsor display copy. So you used to not be allowed to basically put any type of competitive advantage with pricing, speak to any deals you're running they have changed those guidelines. I don't have them all on the top of my head because there's like multiple different things, but you can basically say this is our best deal ever as long as it's within the timeframe of your deal. Now, I don't think they're actually checking it that closely in terms of time frames. They say it has to line up with your lightning deal or today's deal, whatever, but that's a big competitive advantage because you can now promote that at the top of search.
2: Wow, and so that's for your sponsored brand ads that go at the top of search. And a little display. bit of text that shows up like underneath your brand, you get that little bit of text and that's where you're uh-huh. putting that, like take advantage of our best deal ever.
1: Yeah. You can officially write it in the copy now. So it does show up on sponsored display as well. Um, which is really cool because sponsored display typically has the coupon badge on it and it's directly below the buy box, which is a great way to win market share. If you have a better price. Love that. So What about
2: inventory? This is the big, the inventory is so huge right now. Everybody's dealing with it. The whole 200 limit thing, seed feeding Amazon, we're doing merchant fulfilled, we're trying everything. What are some of your brands doing to deal with the issue
1: of inventory? So I can't speak to anything on the back end shipping side, but I know that we definitely had to get a little bit flexible on our strategy because of small things like sponsored brands. So Let's say you have a sponsored brand ad and one of your products is your top product and it goes out of stock due to your inventory issues. That sponsored brand ad will continue to run and you may see a complete change in performance because your top performing product is no longer within it. So we've had to keep a closer eye on sponsored brand ads. If people are switching quickly between FBA and FBM, we've had to add multiple SKUs to all of our ads to make sure they get more flexible with running. And then if we run into issues with we're probably going to sell out of inventory. What we do personally is we just cut back on budgets. So we don't make any changes to bids necessarily, unless we decide we want to go strictly profitability focused, but we cut back on budgets and we don't typically pause ads unless we absolutely have to. We typically, you know, lower budgets to three to $4 a day and let it run out.
2: That makes sense.
1: Definitely.
0: So what are some of the best ad placements and what are, what ads are they tied to? So we talked a little bit about placements and some of the new ones popping up now, but like what, cause I know that people, Amazon does a really terrible job they should have. Like when you go to create the campaigns, like here's where your ads will appear and give you like a, like a, <laughs> an overview of the Amazon thing and be like here, here and here. Cause Google does that when you create ads, like, or at least in their helps and stuff, they'll show you, mm-hmm. um, you know, what where should people be targeting? I know sponsored display, you said, but um, I know it's like auto campaigns. They'll place them all over the place. Anything specific yeah. that people should be doing to get those best placements?
1: Yeah, I have a, quite a few call outs on this topic. Um, one of the big things is, I believe there is a big misconception in the performance of all the different ad types. And I think Amazon perpetuates that because they release emails that are like, sponsor brands has a $7 higher ROAS. No, in reality, most CPG companies focus on sponsor brands because it's branded, so it's skewing Amazon's data. So don't ever you know, give a lot of weight to that stuff. In general, all three ad types come down to bid optimization and targeting. So as long as you have good bid ops and good targeting, most of those are gonna stay within a 5% ACOS of each other. So across all of our ad types, almost every single category, we see very similar performance and it's because our bid ops and our targeting is aligned. Now for certain placements, let's say I had like a Pepsi product, I'm going to probably be paying a lot of money to compete against Coke. So sponsor brands is going to be much more expensive. So it's contextual, but in general, sponsored products typically drives around 70% of your Amazon advertising sales because it has 90 times the ad inventory. There's like 11 placements on page one, literally like 70 placements on the product detail page. So it diversifies competition. So sponsor products is typically cheaper and drives 70% of your sales. Sponsor brands does fantastic for cross-selling and brand awareness. It typically drives around 20 to 30% of your sales. Sponsored display is going to be like 10 to 15% of your sales, depending on how much you're investing in the other ad types. But in general, during the holidays, sponsored display product targeting does absolutely incredible. I would make sure you have those up and running. Due to the reporting of it, I would make them like single ASIN targeting campaigns, which is going to take a lot of work to launch that mini, but that's how you truly control them. And then I'm excited for sponsor brands, product targeting. Um, They're not showing up on every product detail page yet. You know, the sponsor brands related to, but I think that they're going to be valuable in the future. Video and search, same thing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see all the new and not only that, but they're testing it all the time. Right. So like the, uh-huh. the placements will be moving around because Amazon's literally running. Well, not them, their AI are literally running like thousands of tests a day on like yep. button colors and placements and all these crazy things that, you know, if you looked at it from the outside, it would be like a matrix, you know, thing coming down with all the, all the changes that they're doing every single, you know, millisecond probably. Um, the other thing that I'm really interested about, kind of a follow-up, sorry, Amy, it, while it's on my mind here, is uh, digital bundles, right? A lot of people don't even know these digital bundles exist. Uh, for me, uh, because I have a a lot of holiday holiday products, this is awesome because I can be like, Hey, this is a great gift with this and this, like buy Uh it all together, get a discount. Um, how are you guys, uh, advertising those digital bundles?
1: So unless something's changed, you cannot run sponsored products on bundles. You can only run sponsored brands. So that's kind of a key call out with bundles. Um, of course, you could still run to the main products on sponsor products. I would probably push additional traffic to the main product, knowing that directly below it, my bundle was going to be showing. But last time we ran like focused promotional campaigns, we were not allowed to put sponsor products. Uh, Interesting. Bundles. I, thought,
0: I swear I saw that when I was creating a campaign the other day, but maybe not.
1: Yeah. Another key aspect of that is with sponsored brands, I believe they have, they still have the opportunity to when it goes into the cart, you know, Take one out, it's only going to report that number. So your reporting could technically be skewed by like the orders driven within the bundle. It, it like the attribution on that, super funky in sponsor brands.
0: Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to mention that to people because uh, if you don't know that it exists, so you can have, you know, if you have uh, products that complement them, you know, complement each other, it's like the frequently bought with but it's this huge section, it's now. much bigger, it's huge. And so if you're not filling those sections up with digital bundles on all your products, you're missing, like that's literally free advertising on your own, you know, product page. So, you know, absolutely go out, go out and do that right away.
2: And I saw on the seller app the other day um, that you can actually do it right from your phone, from the app. Now they've enabled that. So, I mean, Hey, we got no excuse, right? <laughs> Let's get it done. <laughs> I think the, I think the confusing thing, Andy. Toilet
0: is, time. Sorry, I had to run <laughs> that in.
2: <laughs> I think that the confusing thing for bundles is how they're fulfilled. Like people get nervous about how they're fulfilled. So can we talk a little bit about that? Like Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's literally, so it's two products that are currently at F, you know, at an Amazon warehouse. And when you bundle them together, it's literally just like they added those two separate things to their cart. Um, but then they get a discount for it, so and it, and then it's free promotion. So when they add it to their cart, it looks like it's one product, um, but it might even arrive in two separate boxes. But it'll arrive on the same day. But to people, they don't you know they don't care about that. They're like, oh cool, here are my two things. So and I get the, a discount,
2: right? So to,
0: so to the end user, um, you know, it, it's just getting a discount and and getting great product ideas. You know, especially for gifting. Like that's why I mean for Q four, I think it's a it's a huge. Uh, you know, thing to, to, to miss out on if you're not utilizing them. It's free cross promotion. It's great. It's upselling right on there, right there on the page with something that complements whatever you're selling. So go and do that again today. You guys hopefully Love are taking it. notes of all your to do's.
2: <laughs> so speaking of optimizing bids, Destiny, my next question is about profitability. You know, there are so I talk to so many people who are actually losing money (laughs) at the end of the day after their advertising. Because, you know, it's really difficult, I think, for some people to to figure that out. Like, you know, ads are kind of charged separately and it's kind of hard to figure out, okay, how much am I actually spending? So what do you think are, what are you you seeing as some of the biggest roadblocks for people to get to profitability with PPC?
1: I think that the advertising console does not make it easy because there's so many different tabs when it comes to optimization and so many different things to look at. And there's not a lot of good resources out there. So people are seeing all these different ideas of, you know, what's justifiable on a launch and and what's this and what's this and what's this. And it is difficult because it is so contextual. It's like, how much cash flow do you have when you're launching this product? How much do you need to invest to get into page one? What's your lifetime value? There's so many different variables that there's really no good answers. But at the end of the day, bid optimization is one of the most important things you can do. So I actually randomly just tested personally launching a Basically, launching Amazon ads for a brand I know of in this area without any bid optimization software. So, I go in every single day and I analyze the bid and make personal optimizations just to kind of test and play around things and still stays pretty sharp. And it's just bid ups is what matters the most. Obviously, if you have a blue pin and you're targeting a paper cup, you're not going to convert well and you're probably going to hammer to money. So, your targeting is very important too. But once you go in, like you need to kind of know the steps of what to look for. First, I always recommend looking top down by spend, period as a principle, make sure you're looking at those things. And then a basic formula I use in my head. And I will say our software goes off many different variables. But when people ask me like, hey, how do you optimize bids? I personally will go through and do, if there's any data, I take my sales and I multiply it by what my target ACOS is. And then that's going to give you my maximum spin that we should have spent on that keyword. And then I take that spin and divide it by my clicks. And that's going to give me what my bid should have been based off that conversion rate. Now that is a very rudimentary formula, but it's a great way to start conceptualizing how the relationship between bids and CPC and conversion rate really is. Cause that's where the biggest issues are. You know, people are like, I have a 200% ACOS, my bid is $3. How do I lower it? I'm like, well, what's your CPC? Like what's the Delta there between what you're paying and what you're bidding. And then it's doing the reverse engineering. to figure out what your bid should have been beyond that. There's small tweaks, like your placement data, things like that. And how many ad groups you have and your budgeting, but at the end of the day, bid ops is probably the most important.
0: Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.